0: This is WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with Global Soul. Coming up next, Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. to Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. This is an hour long interview program dedicated to the visual arts. Each week we talk with artists, curators, art writers, and art advocates about their theory, practice, and current projects, as well as the state of the visual arts. On this week's episode, we'll be broadcasting three extended field notes. We spoke with Amy Pleasant over at Laney Contemporary about her exhibition, Echo. We interviewed Ben Tollefson and James Labouchain from the Hen House at the Stables about the exhibition, Another Body for Myself. And we talked to Tamara Garvey about Let's All Pause for a Moment and Take a Good Look, her exhibition currently on view at Starland Cafe. So let's get started. Here's your host, Rob Hessler. And this is Rob Hessler. If you're listening to the live show, it is 3 o'clock on Wednesday here in Savannah. And this is Art on the Air. And I'm really glad to have you listening up today. I got a really great show, as I mentioned in the intro there. I uh, had the chance to talk with Amy Pleasant over at Laney Contemporary several weeks ago. Actually, this was right around the time of her opening reception, but We held on to that because I wanted to play it a little bit closer to a special event that Susan Laney and Laney Contemporary are going to be holding with the artist, Amy Pleasant. She is going to be doing an artist talk and book signing on March 20th from 6 to 8 p.m. That's over at 1810 Millsby Lane Boulevard there in here in Savannah. And um, and so I wanted to kind of save this to play a little closer to that, kind of give you a little bit of a teaser and I have a feeling that we're going to be, you're going to want to listen to this interview and you're going to want to go to the talk because I, well, I sort of allowed my feelings to guide me a little bit on what I wanted to talk to her about. And so we started from the artist statement and moved from there and Talked about a lot of really interesting topics that I'm sure she's probably not going to really talk about in her in her uh, discussion about the show. So I think you're gonna I think you're gonna enjoy my my conversation with her, and I think you're also going to really enjoy her talk and and book signing. And that work is really good. If you haven't had a chance to see it, it's one of those shows that most definitely you want to see in person. It is it's just there's a lot more going on in those images than they might appear just looking at them on, like, social media or on a digital image. And, um, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we go to art shows, really. I mean, there's so much more, you know, a digital image just, (laughs) for any of you who have been to a few art shows in your life, you know that. But uh, in this case, I think it's particularly true. And there's a lot of subtlety in her work. Pieces that look like they might be repeating, they're actually a little different. And once you kind of get a hold of that, it really adds another dimension to that show. So, anyway, we're going to we're going to finish up the show with my interview with Amy Pleasant. I also went, as I mentioned, down to the Hen House at the Stables at their new spot down on 7 Rathborne Lane. That's the old Haza Gallery spot down there off of Louisville Road and I got a chance, you know, Ben Tollefson has been on the show a bunch and you know, got to talk, talk with Ben. And, um, I had never met James, uh, Labouchain before. He's still a STAD, a SCAD student, really loved his work, but that's a really, it's just such an interesting show. And we talk a little bit about because the opening reception is this Friday, uh, on Valentine's day. And it's a self portraiture show. It's a little bit disturbing in a lot of ways. It's very colorful and beautiful. At first glance, but there's a lot going on there. I really liked it. We talked a little bit about that during our interview, on, and uh, and I really like that show. It's got four artists, including the two of them, and and we kind of delve into into talking about those the work and the philosophy behind it. James was the main curator, the main guy who put it all together, and and uh, I think he did an excellent job. And the space looks awesome. Uh, the the henhouse guys have done a great job over there, kind of picking up where Christina Zanetti and Haza Gallery left off from when she moved away from that space. So uh, it felt very vibrant down there. If you haven't had a chance to to stop on by since since the um, the new space, since they took over the space. I know Uja's Berzine's had a show there at the end of last year. You might have caught that. But if you haven't had a chance, this is a good one to maybe maybe pop on over there. And the first field note we're going to play today is with my good friend Tamara Garvey. She was the she came in a couple of weeks ago and acted as my special in-studio guest host when we had Inky Brittany, Brittany Curry in the studio. And, um, and she, you know, she's, I, I really get along well with Tamron. and I love her work. And, uh, she's got an exhibition at Starland Cafe and that's at, uh, you know, that's on East 41st street down there. And, um, her reception is going to be part of first Friday in Starland for March. So, um, I got a little interview with her. I'm also going to be sort of following that up and doing, I, I'm going to be writing a piece for Do Savannah about her as well. And I'm kind of delve a little bit more in detail with her work, but I, I really like Tamara and she, her charm really shines through in that interview. Um, if you know Tamara, if you've ever had a chance to meet her, then, um, then, you know, she's, she's a, a, a real pleasure to kind of talk with and, and really easy to get along with. And, um, and if you haven't met her, you can meet her at her her reception. Uh, she's you know very gregarious and um and her work really kind of her personality shines through in her work. So I think you're gonna enjoy that interview. And we're gonna we're gonna actually gonna start with that one. I wanted to kind of give you all, all an update. I just today went back to the WRUU.org archives and updated all of the art on the air show. So I I had been a bit remiss, but I added, I think, seven or eight of the last episodes onto the WRU archives. You can always, of course, find them at Um, They always go up every Friday. But if you want to go to the WRU archives and get a good binge of art on the air, you can do that. You just go to WRU.org, click on the schedule click on Wednesday and then you can scroll down to Art on the air and all the recent episodes are on there. I mean, great episodes, the Bobby Perry Awards, oh, Pat Gunn. I mean, how good was that? Um, the the all three panel discussions. That we had uh, that I recorded that Christopher Monroe put on about public art at the end of last year. So, uh, just a lot of really great guests that we had, and you can listen into all of those now. So, go to wruu.org if you would like to do that. But let's get right into our first field note here. And again, I will mention if you are just now tuning in, you are listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP Savannah, Georgia. FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, Community Radio with Global Soul. Let's start our show off with the first of our three Field Notes, Tamara Garvey at Starland Cafe talking all about let's all pause for a moment and take a good look. I think you're going to like this. Rob Hessler here with Art on the Air Field Notes. I'm with Tamara Garvey, and we are at Starland Cafe, as you can very likely hear We're here to talk about Let's All Pause for a Moment and Take a Good Look, Tamara's current exhibition here, whimsical pen and ink artwork that is open now through March 10th with the reception on Friday, March 6th from 6 to 9pm as part of First Friday's In Starland. So Tamara, why don't you kind of just give us, paint us a picture, what is the show all about?
1: Okay, so my art is uh, pen and ink, it's that old-fashioned pen that you dip into the ink jars to get these really fine details. And I just do a lot of exploration into nature. So it could be clips, it could be dragonflies, it could be outer space, it could be under the sea. I kind of, a lot of them I'll start to pour the ink and see what it looks like and what the color scheme looks like. And then I'll figure out where it's gonna go. And then I actually have to Google and find little factoids about things to add to the art. So I'm learning about things as I go. And it's an exploration of different elements of nature. And then, so, it's meant to just impart kind of a tribute to
0: people. Okay, I want to talk about the concepts that you're using, but this is something, and I've, you've been on Art on the Air before, and I've known you for now probably a couple of years. I didn't realize that when you say pen and ink, you really mean it, like you're using the old-school pen dipping and yes. the quill thing, so talk about your process. I mean, like, that's pretty old-school.
1: It is, I know, and I love to say that to people when I'm at craft markets and I say, my artist pen and ink It's that old-fashioned pen that you dip into the ink jar, just like Ben Franklin. And I say that, and then people have a real picture in their head of nice. an old dude sitting at a wooden desk dipping their little feather into a jar of ink. But that's what it is, and it's all these different jars of ink that are different colors, and some of them are sparkly, which is a cool new technology that Ben Franklin did not have access to. <laughs> so a lot of my originals have elements of glitter in them for extra whimsy.
0: I love that because I think one of the things is like we're in an era now where digital imagery is like on social media and it's just like we just will look at an image and instantly make a judgment and then just say, Okay, this is that and then move on. Yeah. And I what's kinda what's especially cool to me about that is like there is sort of a work like that goes into it. Almost like a blue collar sort of work yeah. that goes into work doing <laughs> something like that instead of you're not making these on a computer or anything like that. Right,
1: it's the effort. It's I frequently have really dirty looking nails because the ink just gets under your nails.
0: I'll say that Tamara's nails look very clean today. <laughs> look very clean today. <laughs> Thank you, I showered for my interview. <laughs> so let's talk about the concepts here because you do have a lot going on. You mentioned nature, you mentioned space. Yeah. I really love this piece that you did with four pieces of stone so let's kind of just hit on all of this here so you were mentioning that you would sometimes lay down some color and then start doing research about what you want to add go through with the process of one of these what's okay, we'll yeah. this one called here
1: yeah we can talk about that because that's that technique this is called sea space land which is a word pun because the word sea is S E A and so there's elements of the sea, elements of space and elements of plants in this painting. So there are factoids about there's a factoid about jellyfish because it turns out there's a species of jellyfish that never dies of old age. It only dies if it's like kill if it's murdered or it, you know something something has to happen to it to kill it. it wow! It, it can just keep on trucking. It's See, I, mean, I didn't even age. know that, and that's kind
0: of cool. Like, so you didn't know that and either. So you you know just that, like learn looking. that while you're working on the little bit yeah,
1: kind of poured the ink of I the ink the I and I look at the colors and I look at shapes that look out shapes then i out like, then of kind like, of looks like a jellyfish and I outline a jellyfish and then I go and start doing some research on jellyfish to throw in a little factoid. So this so this one ended up with little flying saucers and little and things about jellyfish and then things about and the land element is bonsai trees. There's some factoids about bonsai trees.
0: Well, and I love that. So when we were before we were getting getting ready to do the interview and just kind of in the cafe space here, uh, you said, "Oh, look at, look in closer," because there was some writing that I could look at and read. And I and I did, and I moved in, and there was like a lot of these little little pieces of information that are written into pieces. But it's not always just information. Sometimes they're little little like I don't know maybe, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> Garveyisms? I don't know what you might call uh, them. They're little like things that maybe you yeah, might say. Yeah, just a
1: little whimsy yes. uh, quote. Just a little thought. Which I will say, I kind of take that from... So... I have, um, I have some prints that I sell at Tiffany Taylor's gallery, and her work is so fascinating. It took me so long. I was looking at her work for so long until I realized that, you know, she does these huge paintings, and they're really textural, and I always thought our art was so different, and then I looked at them, and I was like, wait a minute. She paints nature, and then she has little lines of text in there, and she has little elements of glitter, and I was like, oh, my God, we have, like, a really <laughs> similar thing going on, actually. And But her, hers are not necessarily, like, factoids about nature, but they're kind of, like, poetic thoughts she has while looking at it about like nature's her cathedral and just like the feelings that she has right you know? it's a
0: religion for her like yeah. in a lot of ways so yeah kind
1: of, i mean honestly in mind sometimes it's a little hard for me because it makes me feel kind of like weird and vulnerable and silly to put in some little like poetic cutesy thought i have about nature but i am trying to push myself to put that in as well One
0: thing I noticed, too, about your work, and I think maybe people who know your work might feel this way as well, is it almost feels like you're creating, like, a world. Like, I almost believe that you're taking elements from our world, but there's, like, a color consistency and there's a way that you work that I almost feel like you could kind of step into a place like that. Have you ever thought, I mean, do you ever think of your work like that? that, Because to me, it really says that.
1: I think I really need to start, I'm going to really be trying to push myself to work bigger in general. Because a lot of mine are very small, it's like a little book that you read and but I think it when I'm now that I'm looking at In Savannah, murals are such a big thing, and I'm looking at people's work growing up big, and I see just what an amazing statement it is, and I think I need to start pushing myself a little. And I've always been a little afraid of just working in, like, large environments and talking myself out of it. So I'm going to try to do more things that are large-scale and more murals. So it does feel like a whole world that you can walk into and, like, that there's just a ton to look at. And when you step back from far away, it's going to be visually interesting, but then you know that if you look closely, there's a lot to look at, and it really holds you for a while.
0: Two things there. First of all, I think it's so cool that you're being inspired by other artists that are doing things in Savannah. Because I'm inspired, like the Starland Mural Project, for example, is a great example of that. But I also think it would be amazing to see one of your pieces where if you get up to it, close enough to it to a certain extent, it fully encompasses the visual field. Because then you will feel like you're in... Your world, as yeah. like your art world.
1: I know it would be a dream. If, also, if there's any wallpaper makers out there who <laughs> need some art to their wallpaper, that would be pretty cool.
0: <laughs> I know that you're using a lot of plants, animals. We talked a little bit about that. Do you want to talk about some of the specific animals and plants that you're using here, and like why yeah. are they, you're really drawn to them, other than just like seeing them in the color?
1: Yeah, I mean, a couple of them were for a specific show that had like, that had. Um, like a prompt like um, Peter at Location Gallery you know they have these group shows that have a prompt for them so two of the pieces in here are ones that I did for his group show that was Migration so uh, with yeah. those, I think I had put some color down, and then I was thinking about, I think at that point I was doing research into animals that had a really unusual migration pattern. So I came up with these two. One is this bird that migrates between the Arctic and Antarctica. Yeah, I love that. It's yes. like the longest running migration thing of any animal. And then the other is this uh, this dragonfly that is the highest flying dragonfly. So it just gets up the highest in, uh, in the world. So... Some of them, it's like, um, like a, I'm specifically seeking out something to draw. But a lot of times, it's yeah, it's just like pouring the ink down and then finding little shapes. So it's very, it's like akin to lying on your back and looking at clouds and finding shapes.
0: Okay, so people see your stuff all over town. I mean, you know, you're often at the Sulphur Studios um, Street Fair. You see that you mentioned that you're at t- uh, at um, Tiffany Taylor Gallery. So you've got your work there you're traveling out of town a lot as well showing in various um, craft shows and such like that. So what is what's what's different about this show do you think? Like what, what's going to draw people here people who know your work what are they going to see that maybe that they're used to seeing and maybe what are some things that you might see they might see that's a little bit different from you, than from well, what you've done in the past.
1: It's just a lot of art at once to have up. I've never had this many originals up at the same time. Some of them, some of them are a little old. There's a few things that I did. There's one that I did when I was back in Scad, but it's the like it's the style that I do now. It's when I first like stumbled upon the style of doing little creatures, and that one is called Enchantment Under the Sea, and it has little fish and star. Fish, and it has like a literal seahorse in it, so it's a horse. Um, but the show, so it's, some things are kind of old, but. A lot of it is very new, and so I hadn't shown it at all yet. And the thing that I like about, um, not to be braggy, but to see things in person is that a lot of it is glittery, so it's just a whole different effect than seeing on a computer screen or getting a print or something like that.
0: Well, and I mean, I'll say is, like, I'm a fan of your work, and, like, I know you uh, on a personal level, so, like, I'm naturally inclined to look at the work, and even you had to, like, point out, say, oh, look up a little bit closer, and yeah. I, mean, I think that that's a really important point, is, like, is that this kind of work is really meant to be seen in person, you just can't just, like, oh, I'll just look on it online, and yeah, that's enough. Yeah, it's
1: true. I mean, this venue is very pretty, it's this, uh, if you haven't been to Star Cafe, but it's, like, a really cute... Victorian style house so you can look at the art the way it might look in one's home.
0: Very good well again I'm gonna mention this here let's all pause for a moment and take a good look as the name of the exhibition whimsical pen and ink artwork by Tamara Garvey it's going on through March 10th with a closing reception on Friday March 6th from 6 to 9 p.m. as far as first Fridays in Starland. Again Starland Cafe is at 11 East 41st Street here in Savannah Tamara Garvey, thank you so much for being on Art
1: on the Air Feel Notes today. Thank you
0: so much for having me. Always great to have Tamara Garvey on the radio show. And again, you're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, Community Radio with Global Soul. And I am your host, Rob Hessler. Thanks again, Tamara, for coming on the show. And while I was... While I was listening to that, I saw that I got this letter mailed to me here at the station, and it was a thank you card from Tamara with my favorite piece from that exhibition uh, printed on the front. It's these four stones. And uh, and anyway, if you all want to see that piece, you can see that at her exhibition, which has its reception as part of First Fridays in Starland down there at Starland Cafe. Let's get right into our next interview here. Again, it's Ben Tollefson and James Labouchain over at the Hen House at the Stables talking about another body for myself. This is a great interview, guys. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Rob Hessler here with Art on the Air Field Notes. I'm with James Labouchain and Ben Tollefson. And we are talking about another body for myself over at the Hen House at the Stables. At Seven Rathborne Drive here in Savannah, the reception is Friday, February 14th, and the show goes through February 23rd. James, tell us how this all got started.
2: I wanted to show at the Stables, and I was talking with my friend Carter, who's in Atlanta, and you know I love his work, um, and I really wanted to show with him. And he he goes to SCAD in Atlanta, and I thought it was kind of a shame that there wasn't more like cross-campus collaboration with you know good art coming out of both campuses. So I thought this would be an opportunity for us to show together. Uh, and whilst you we know, were talking, formulating ideas, I thought you know, it'd be better to extend this beyond just uh, a duo show and you know, kind of reach out to other artists that I respect within the community to kind mm-hmm. of you know, cr- make more of an event of it. And people as well who made work that I felt would uh, thematically match you know, both mine and Carter's paintings.
0: You had some other artists that you wanted to reach out locally. Obviously, Ben works at SCAD Museum and is showing locally. So how did you kind of reach out to Ben? How did Ben get involved?
2: It was was nice. So I was was thinking about uh, asking Ben, you know, he was already like on my mind. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to reach out to him. And fortunately for us, we were at a pop-up show at the 2201 and Ben turned up and I took that as my opportunity to, um, you know, talk about the show and invite him to, to join.
0: Right, the 2201 Gallery, curated by Brittany Reedy. So Ben, you know, this is, a lot of people have probably seen your work around town and everything like that. So why don't we kind of get into sort of what is happening in this exhibition? You know, James brought you in and you've created new works for this. Mm -hmm. Am I right about that? Correct,
3: yeah. Yeah, so um, James graciously asked me to participate and I was really excited to show with James and I knew of Carter's work and that was really exciting. And Liz, of course, I knew her as well, so. Elizabeth Winnell. Yeah, so I made four new works for the show. Um, I think what's really interesting about the pairing of the four of us is there's these threads of, um, well, we're all kind of working with the human body, but there's also kind of ideas of twisting of reality, really kind of twisting figurative art to different ends. So I think there's a really interesting conversation between the works that maybe have very different approaches, but also I'm excited to be showing with three other really, really amazing painters, so.
0: Yeah, and actually, I want to mention that, because James, you have some works which are closer to traditional, and yes. then you have some very experimental works, and I think that the range of the works that you have is, as it gets closer to experimental stuff, I definitely see a connection to your work there, mm-hmm. Ben. So why don't you talk a little bit about the pieces that you have in the show, James?
2: So, yeah, I mean, the last few months like and weeks have been a big transition period for me and my work. Um, yeah, I'm I'm used to working traditionally, and you know, really wanting to understand my materials. Um, but I feel like it's only been recently that I've really found something that I've wanted to talk about um, with my paintings and using the formal, you know, the formal aspects of my materials to articulate those ideas. So for for this show in particular, you know, it is talking about ideas of the body, you know, and I'm able to, you know, kind of through illusory techniques that I've developed with oil paint, I'm able to kind of create this false environment, something that tricks people into, you know, a perceived reality, which is what, you know, traditional oil painting is in in the first place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thinking about how our internal, you know, perceptions of our body and the tension that we have between, you know, our viscera and like our consciousness as well, I think that's really what my work is trying to bridge and or that kind of ambiguous space that I'm trying to target between those two things.
0: Talk a little bit about the decision to bring in Elizabeth Winnell, because that work is obviously also referencing the body and portraiture to a certain extent, but yeah. it is probably as far away from the other works as in the show, although yeah. I think color-wise it's actually really a, a great match. You can It fits within the show, but talk a little bit about the decision to include her.
2: Again, so, you know, it was just I wanted to expand the the voices that would be participating in the show. And Liz, you know, I know Liz has worked from around town. She's a great painter and a great artist. And I thought incorporating, you know, her perspective and, you know, her voice as an artist would be like a really uh, important addition to what, you know, me, Carter, and Ben were talking about. And her, her recent work, it's really great, actually. You know, I, I, we reached out to her. She was uh, eager to get involved. But her recent work is, is quite a departure from her, you know, more traditional paintings. But they, they reference similar ideas to what, at least what I'm talking about, this kind of disintegration of, of the body, a reduction, you know, kind of it's this more, talking about like more of a visceral idea of the human body rather than one that's entirely representational.
0: I will say as a viewer, The work makes me feel a little uncomfortable, like all of the work together makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. I've always felt that way about yours, Ben. It's like very seductive Mm -hmm. and I don't know, you kind of want to like eat it up, but it's also there's a little bit of like, there's a little something disturbing about it and (laughs) I think James and yours to to me is very dark. I mean, it's to my personal sensibilities actually. So I kind of wonder what you're expecting viewers to how they're going to feel like stepping into this space because it's like colorful and fun yeah, and you like look and you're like oh wow this is but then you kind of start delving into it a little bit more and it's
3: like oh wow yeah <laughs> i mean that for me personally that's always been part of my interest in my work is having something just slightly off like having yeah. making these really seductive things it's like a clown like you're you want to engage with a clown, but they're off-putting because of they're caricatures. Yeah. So I guess my paintings kind of function as clowns. But I don't. I don't. I'm curious to see what viewers will take from the show. Because yeah, yeah. I don't know, James. If you have yeah I, ideas of what you think.
2: I um, are. it's been funny because you know people, at least my. This is all very recent for me. So people know me as this kind of traditional portraitist. Mm-hmm. So. I've enjoyed the response, you know, when I've moved into something which you know could be regarded as quite grotesque. Yeah, I, I'm, I just enjoy seeing how different re- people do respond to it because I feel like a lot of the ideas I'm talking about are, they do incite, you know, fear and and dread in me at least. You know, when I'm making when I'm making work that the things I'm talking about bring me a lot of anxiety. So, it's just if people respond in kind to my work, it, it, that's a success, I guess, you know. I feel like I've done my job. And also, I think there's there's something uh, funny, uh, like humorous about making work where, you know, based in you know the beauty of oil painting, but making something ugly and grotesque. Mm-hmm. I think there's something humorous about that that, that I enjoy.
3: Mm-hmm. Having
2: something which invites people to look at it and really like pulls them into the painting, and then, you know, making them feel anxious, I think, is, uh, I think is that discomfort is, inciting any type of emotion from a viewer is a, is a success for me. I think indifference is like something that would really concern me if my work just, you know, if people just responded with total indifference to what I made, I think mm-hmm. that would be a, a failure on my behalf as an artist. I want to circle back to
0: the space, because you, James, mentioned at the beginning of this interview about how you wanted to do something at the hen house the stables and yeah. we've had kevin clancy on the radio show a few times and really am interested in the curatorial direction that he works in and what he's trying to do here yeah. so talk a little bit about the decision to bring this show to hen house
2: so i know kevin uh, and chris and you know I, I, I used to i visited their space on 39th which they were using temporarily and for me, as, still as a student here in Savannah, I, I see it as vital that I engage with the community that's around me. I come from a place where that was non-existent and you know, I'm an artist, I need to be supporting my community and it's great when I find people whose work I respect and who also have a vision of you know, elevating a scene here in Savannah and also you know the space itself is, is really great. The walls are nice and high and clean and you know, the space is open. Uh, and it 's part of you know the hen house the stables is like a big community of artists and you know craftsmen here in savannah, and it 's something you know that deserves promotion and yeah, I think you know, if you don 't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. You bring up a really good point and because ben i 've always sort of thought of you as in, in
0: a similar way how mm-hmm. i mean you 're at SCAD museum of art you 're sort of in that structure of SCAD and mm-hmm. what all that is, but you're showing, you show all over town. You have a, mm-hmm. a very, you have a lot of engagement with the Savannah art community. You're not just sort of isolated over and within SCAD.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think that community is really important. And I think spaces like the Hen House are completely vital for the fabric of yeah. the arts community in Savannah. We need spaces where we can experiment, we can see things that we, we might not see in other spaces. So, so yeah, I think it's, it's vital.
0: Let's talk about the run of the show itself. It, As I mentioned, it's February 9th through the 23rd. Yes. So it's going to be going on till later in the month. But the reception is on Valentine's Day, February 14th. And I think that that's very interesting. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: Commentary on that? Yeah, I enjoy the irony of having a show where the work is based in self-portraiture and introspection on Valentine's Day. I think that... I think that's that's quite funny, and furthermore, and I've kind of been pitching it like either it's a good date idea, or you're definitely not going to have a date. So what else would you be doing on a Friday night?
3: (laughs) Have a weird date. Yeah,
2: (laughs) I think an art show is a great date. Yeah, actually, Uh, I
0: mean, it makes because art and these works I think are for sure that way. Like. It makes you talk about, like, you want to talk about it. You want to figure it out. And, like, mm-hmm. if you're here with a date, it's, like, a great conversation starter. Absolutely. You right. know? And yeah. then, you know, go out for dinner afterwards or something. And yeah. And yeah. you can talk about the work because I think that this show might invite some conversation.
3: Awesome. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, Ben Tollefson and James Labouchain, thank you so much for being on Art on the Air Field Notes today. Again, another body for myself is at the Hen House at the Stables at 7 Rathborn Drive here in Savannah, February 9th through the 23rd, with the reception on February 14th from 6 to 9 p.m. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. much. Great talking with them and heading over to the Hen House Gallery over at The Stables. You're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. Got to take a couple of quick messages. When we come back, I'm going to get to the community calendar, and we're going to finish up the episode with my long 20-minute field note with Amy Pleasant from Laney Contemporary. We will be right back after these messages. WRUU 107.5 FM is a new and different, listener-supported, and all-volunteer community radio station for Savannah. Our diverse broadcast and web programming is supported by generous listeners who value our passion and spunk. We are independent of other media and receive no government or large corporate support. People like you are the largest and most important source of our funding. Go to WRUU.org to find out how you can make a one-time or monthly contribution. Thank you.
1: This portion of WRUU Savannah Soundings programming is brought to you by listeners in the 2020 Savannah Music Festival, presenting Americana artists Jason Isbell and the 400-unit mandolin orange balsam range and third time out sarah jarose and madison cunningham leo kotke amethyst kia bruce hornsby and the noisemakers and more additional information can be found at savannahmusicfestival.org.
0: and we are back now you might recognize the voice of the person who just read that last message as rachel flora and she is of course a fantastic writer for connect savannah she has been on this show, Art on the Air, several times, and she's a big supporter of the arts. Well, I wanted to throw this out there to you all, that she and another artist in town, Tatiana Von Tauber, they now have a radio show here at the station called Women on Top, and I tried to convince them to have it right before this show, and I guess that just didn't work out, but they do have their show on Wednesday, so it is, if you're listening to the live show, This is going to be on later tonight, but it's Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. It's a really great show. I've listened to a couple of episodes now. You can find an archive of their shows on WRUU.org, like you can find the Art on the Air archives as well. And they have tremendous chemistry, and I think that they talk about important issues. So tonight from 7 to 8, if you're hanging out, tune into 107.5 FM or go to WRUU.org and listen to our good friends Rachel Flora and Tatiana Van Tauber and their new show, Women on Top. wanted to mention what we've got going on here for the next couple of weeks. I've got a, some great guests lined up in the next two shows. On February 19th, I'm going to have Aaron Westling from W Projects in the studio, and we're going to talk all about public art, Pulse Art and Technology Festival, and a whole bunch of other things. Plus, I'm going to have my field note with Dana Richardson at the Jepson Center, where she is about to start her mural project this weekend. She is going to be starting her mural project at the top of the stairs, For those of you who are frequent visitors to the Jepson Center, you might recall that Catherine Sando did a piece at the top of that staircase last year. And this is part of the Art 912 program. Aaron Dunn helped make that happen. Awesome, awesome, awesome to see that Dana Richardson is getting that that project, being able to do that. I'm going to give a little shout out over here to Clinton Edminster and the Starland Mural Project because I don't know if they're related, but... Dana Richardson was one of the artists in Starland Mural Project. Now she's doing a mural at the top of the stairs at the Jepson Center. She's finally getting her due because Dana's been doing some great stuff for a long time. Congratulations to her, and I can't wait to chat with her. I'm going to be meeting with her on Monday, and I'm going to air that next Wednesday so you can hear from her, too, talking about her project. I'm going to be meeting her at the space, so that'll be cool. And then on February 26th, I'm going to have Philip Davis in the studio, and I mentioned Philip was one of the artists featured in the Freedom Now exhibition that was curated by A.J. Perez that we, how I, I talked a little bit, we aired that field note with Philip Davis and sort of a back and forth between he and Henry Dean. I really enjoyed that Freedom Now exhibition and especially the discussion circle that came along with it. And uh, and so I really wanted to get Philip on here and I had a, you know, so I, I as soon as I could squeeze him in to our schedule I lined him up and he's going to be coming in and I'm going to have a special guest co-host that week and I'm I'm working on that right now. I've spoken to one guy and I, one artist and I want to speak with another, see see what our options are there. But I'm going to have a special guest co-host. And we're going to have also a field note with our good friend, Peter Roberts, who we haven't had on the show for a little bit, but he's got an exhibition up at Blackbird Gallery in New York. So I wanted to kind of, I don't know, kind of feels good that one of us Savanians are is doing something good like that. So I wanted to talk to him about that. And plus he's now got work over at Kobo Gallery, and uh, and so it's a good opportunity to talk about that as well, and we're going to meet over at that gallery space. So we'll kind of hit on both things and also just catch up with Peter, and that's going to be on February 26th. So anyway, I'm going to pop on over to my community calendar here. Now we're going to end the show again with the field note from with Amy Pleasant from Laney Contemporary. It's a good 20-minute field note, so you guys are really going to enjoy that. But uh, before we do that, I want to hit on a few things from the community calendar. I mentioned, as we came back from the break, Tatiana von Tauber. And she is hosting a lover's pop art show for Valentine's Day weekend at her space, uh, the studio school, which is at 1319 Bull Street upstairs, the main studio school classroom. And that's going to be from 4 to 8 p.m. And it's also going to be on Saturday the 15th from noon to 6. But I'm going to say... Tatiana's work and the likely artists that she's gotten involved might be just the perfect Valentine's Day exhibition. That's from four to eight. And so you could potentially hit up that. You could hit up the henhouse at the stables exhibition as well, another body for myself. So there's two shows there. And I'm going to mention a third show that you could go see this Friday, the 14th, as well. Fantasies, Passions, and Dreams. And I'm gonna, I'm not sure if I'm getting this name right. I think it might be Jade B. And she's an artist that is showing over at the Sentient Bean and curated by the Sulfur Studios folks. And um, she sent me a message, and I've been kind of had already been following it. So I was really glad that she reached out to me. But that's a I, I really like the sample images I've seen. I haven't actually gone over there, but that. Reception is going to be again this Friday, Valentine's Day, the 14th from 6 to 9 p.m. All three of these exhibitions are really Valentine's Day appropriate, so might be a nice way, you know, to go out with your significant other, pop by a few galleries for Valentine's Day. Just a couple of more things to mention, really quick. Insides by Zoe Huddleston, the drive through art box. We had her on the show in a field note a couple of weeks ago. I think it was with the Reclaimed show that we did with. Lisa D. Watson and Jessica Lee Libos. You can find that in the wruu.org archives. We aired her field note. That is coming down. The last day to see it is February 16th. So that's Sunday if you want to see that over at the Green Truck Pub at 2430 Habersham Street. And then uh, next week on Tuesday, February 18th, it's the Define Art 2020 Black Party and Opening Reception. That's all uh, you know, over in the SCAD area there at 601 Turner Boulevard. Anyway, that's all the time we've got for this live portion of the show. But we're going to finish up with this wonderful field note with Amy Pleasant from Lainey Contemporary. We give all the details about her show in that, so I won't repeat that there. But we will talk to you. I will talk to you live next week. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this wonderful field note with the incredible Amy Pleasant. Rob Hessler here, Art on the Air Field Notes. I'm at Laney Contemporary at 1810 Millsby Lane Boulevard. I'm with Amy Pleasant at the exhibition, Echo, which runs January 16th through March 21st here at the Gallery. Well, Amy, why don't we get started by just telling us what the exhibition is all about?
4: Well, this exhibition is going to include paintings, drawings, and ceramic sculpture and um, i always like it when all three of those uh, are shown together because i think it gives like a really nice overview of uh, the way i move between the mediums and it includes work from 2018 2019 and then a couple of older works even too
0: i want to talk a little bit about what we're seeing in here and i'm going to pull a quote here from the press release her minimalism dissolves barriers between Figuration and abstraction, exploring the body as simplified yet loaded narrative gestures, full of implied humanity, elbows, feet, touching toes, a gentle curve, all bodily expressions become linguistic ones, like letters generating the visual words of a poem. So I found that to be really sort of interesting, but there's also a lot going on there. So expand on that a
2: little bit. There's a
4: lot in that sentence and um, I think it's really a a really uh, great description of what my interests are. And I think things that you'll find in the work. Let's see, there's several things to cover there.
0: Well, let's start at simplified yet loaded.
4: Okay, well... I'm really interested in simplifying the figurative form or fragments of the figurative form I'm interested in how much can I simplify it but still read as a figurative form and also you can get a sense of the specific gesture or the way the body moves or you can maybe sense how the body moves and so we're gonna have four drawings of legs lying down with one raised and so they're kind of like a bent leg image and I think they also start to look like symbols or pictograms. I'm really interested in early forms of writing, which I think she also gets at in that, in that paragraph. But just like the mark of the hand, you know, I'm interested in how every single person has their own unique handwriting. And just the, just the fact that somebody makes a mark on a paper is then a documentation of a very specific moment in time. It's like an I am here kind of thing, just like cave drawings or cave paintings.
0: Okay, well, I'm, that kind of interests me then because you also are using, well, I think the word has been said repetition, but then when I'm kind of looking at the works, they're not exact replicates. So it's not necessarily a repetition as in the same image repeated over and over again. There are subtle differences between one and the next. So talk a little bit about how you're using very similar just subtly different forms to sort of convey what you're trying to do
4: well that is something that's really important to me so i'm glad you brought that up because i am interested in repetition in terms of like our activities uh whether it's something as simple as sitting at a table or getting up out of bed or putting our clothes on or you know whatever that gesture is i'm interested in drawing that same motion or image over and over and over again and what you're talking about with the simple subtle gestures between them is, you know, they're slowly unfolding. That's one thing I'm interested in. I like showing works in series because in one sense, I wanna slow down the way that people are reading the work or experiencing the work. So when you approach something that you think you understand or know, you'll start to recognize that the one next to it is not the same. It's just slightly different. And that'll also be in terms of like how I make the work. So all the works on paper, I use a uniform size and I tape them down and I stain the paper with drips of ink, uh, sometimes a color, you know, like a blue or a red to get more cooler tones and warmer tones. But I like showing them together in series two because then you recognize that each piece of paper is different. And I'm also interested in how you can't draw the same thing twice. You can't write the same thing twice. No moment is the same as the next. You never step in the same river twice. That whole kind of idea of It's a marking time because things are always changing and always in flux. And I'm interested in how, like I can start with a very particular image, but it evolves over time. It evolves with each time that I actually make the mark on the paper. And really important to my whole process is that I don't sketch things out and fill them in. These are all like one moment, very deliberate you know, drawings that kind of happen on the paper and so it, that, that's a really important part of my studio practice.
0: Just since you talk about this, it just kind of occurred to me, so you were, you're very steeped in the philosophy of what you're doing with your work and I wonder where did this come from? Like where did you start to kind of get interested in, well I want to sort of take snapshots of, the, of a routine or a, a similar thing that happens on a daily basis?
4: that goes back to probably in graduate school and i've always been interested in the figure i've always been interested in working with the figure and in graduate school i started making these paintings that I called storyboard paintings and it's like a filmmaker storyboard it's like a way to think out a scene on paper so you would have like a grid where you would draw you know scene to scene and i was really interested in Looking at a particular narrative or a particular scene from multiple perspectives And how that could kind of break up the the traditional way of making a figure painting like picking up You know, here's the figure here's the the ground, but really trying to find a way to open painting up for me So I kind of adopted this the storyboard structure, and I wanted it to be about Narratives that were like ordinary mundane Activities because I was thinking about how our bodies move when we're not in like a public space because and especially like today with so much social media everything's recorded everything i mean everything is public and so i was really interested in like how we move in our private space and how we present ourselves in public spaces so i did a, a lot of paintings about moving through an interior space or two figures greeting on a sidewalk or making a bed and that and thinking about how our bodies move in that way and so and that was again about that brought in the kind of repetitive activities that we do so it kind of started there and then over the years um, i got more interested in like well what would happen then if i just like isolated a single figure because all of them were kind of drawn in the same way Mm -hmm. none of them were sketched out had no idea how the painting was going to end up in the end because i was really trying to open up a kind of process oriented practice so you know all the drawings were made in the moment and very simple monochromatic and I was like well what would happen if i took that one little image and blew it up really big and so that's when i started isolating these more individual images
0: so you talked about moving through space and one of the things that i think is really interesting about these is that and you were talking about it at the beginning of the interview is that you were trying to sort of distill it down to a place where it is as minimal as is necessary to imply what is happening right, right. However, what I notice is in a lot of these is that there's a lot of implied movement. So like, is the figure getting up or laying down? Is the figure moving, falling backwards, moving backwards, stepping forward? Right. And so I'm sort of, I'm glad I asked you about how you got started because I can see maybe where there was a line of progression from then to now.
4: Yeah, because I was also really interested in creating an image that looked like it was still in flux. Like, is it, is it disappearing or is it appearing? And so I think that that's kind of what you're talking about there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about the
0: palette that you use because you're using a very limited palette, Yes. but there's also a lot, it's not just black, gray, white. If you look a little bit closer, there's more going on. So talk about your palette and your choices that you make there.
4: Right, no, I'm I'm very interested in color, which doesn't really look like it, but color in a very particular way, like I said, in staining the paper. You know, those are very particular colors to me and, like, no piece of paper is the same or the way I stain the ground of the, ca- of the canvases before I draw on them. There's also multiple blacks in my work, so they're not all the same black. I'm also interested in, uh, in, in sheen, too, so having a very matte sheen, like a lot of the um, works on paper, you'll see I, I use a gouache mm-hmm. paint that almost becomes a void. It almost looks like a cutout instead of you know on top of the paper, and, but then I'm interested in then how the light catches maybe a black that has more of a sheen to it because then your relationship to it changes, it spatially functions in a different way and even you know the sculptures there are colors in the whites and the blacks and the grays and there's one that's got more of a kind of a clay color to it that's rubbed on but the black has uh, I've always loved the color black and using the color black I find it a very difficult color which I you know I love a challenge but it all is related to drawing and so all of my work comes from this core of drawing my drawing practice and that's the thing that's kind of behind all the other work and so I wanted to translate drawing into each thing that I make and you know all of it is made with India ink and brushes that's how a lot of the images kind of form and then of course the gouache and then for the ceramics you haven't asked this question but this you know plays into it you know in the way that I use the brush and the ink or the gouache to draw or the paint I roll hand rolled slabs and so I want Mm. the I want the drawing practice to be as much a part of making sculpture as it is on two-dimensional surfaces so I use a knife like a brush and so I don't have any kind of template or anything there I just draw with a knife and so I cut the forms out and then I put them together and so
0: and then it's interesting because like a knife is a fine tip too just like a a pen or maybe a brush is and it's like but you're drawing into the into the ceramic right
4: and I love and I guess that's something that I really enjoy is this kind of risk that's involved in well once I cut up the slab if it doesn't work that I'm out of slab or you know when I make the paintings like I said I don't map them out so that like the arm painting started with one arm just like the series works on paper and so each image leads me to the next image and then it forms in in the making of it if that makes sense so I really love that part of it and you know sometimes there's a good bit of failure but you know it's like it makes it very alive the process is very alive to me
0: well, you must have known where I was going because I was actually going to talk to you next about the sculptures okay. because I what one of the things that I find interesting about the sculptures is because obviously it's a three-dimensional piece, you as a viewer you're able to walk around and look at it in three dimensions and what I notice is that there are places within the experience of the viewer where you notice the implied form, but then right. you can also lose that depending on where right. you are in relation yes. to the piece. So I wanted to see if you want to, I'm yeah. sort of curious what your thoughts are about that.
4: No, I think that's really, it's really fascinating for me too. Cause it does depend on where you stand and from one direction it might look totally abstracted and then in another one it's like you totally get a sense of the gesture and i and i've always been interested in flatness and using the flat two-dimensional surface and so when i got interested in clay i just had this urge to kind of pull my drawings into three dimensions but it still is all about (laughs) the two-dimensional slab and the in the cutting with the knife so i want to talk
0: about this sculpture here actually. Okay, we're looking at the piece head number 13. Is that hair that's drawn on, mm-hmm. painted on there? Okay, yes. so talk just yes. a little bit about this piece because yes. it immediately drew me in when I was walking into the gallery.
4: Sure, when I first started using clay um, was for an exhibition that I did in 2014 in Atlanta. and. I didn't know what I wanted to do with clay. I just had an urge to, to get it in my hands. And I had been taking photographs at the Met um, in the Greek and Roman galleries of the bus. But I was taking all these photographs from the back. And I didn't really understand why which i think a lot of times artists do you know you may understand what i'm saying it's like you get interested in something and then two years later you're like oh i get it (laughs) so i had all these photographs of these like heads and so i started making uh, these sculptures that were all heads but they didn't have a face so you would walk around to try to find the front and there wasn't a front so i'm also really interested in that kind of play too in space but so this was one of the earlier slab rolled cut heads and, and also playing around with a, you know, instead of having a a carved head with wisps of hair, it's like, how can I describe hair movement, you know, in paint? Well, I want
0: to, I'm sort of curious now because you've, you've shown a lot and we're going to talk about where you, some of your exhibitions and, and how that relates to this exhibition, but this. Particular room where the sculpture is that we're talking about right now is very unique in galleries in general. It's the back room at Laney Contemporary. For those of you who don't know, is covered in mirrors on all four walls and then also on the ceiling. So it gives the viewer a totally different experience where you can see the front and the back and the sides of any piece no matter where you're standing. So I'm curious how you feel about that, seeing your work in this way. Maybe you haven't seen it that way before.
4: I have not seen it that way before. And actually, when uh, Susan and I started talking about doing the exhibition together, she had already picked up on the fact that I was interested in this idea of mirroring images because I use mirroring a lot in terms of, you know, more metaphorically, like, you know, our, our own reflection in a mirror or like a Rorschach blot or you know just like pairing images together that look like they they fold out so I was already interested in that idea and I think after you asking this question it makes me think that it goes all the way back to my early paintings too because they were always about this kind of mirroring as well and looking at things from multiple perspectives that we were just talking about looking at a scene from above or maybe from around the corner or from below or like you know and so That actually plays into this whole installation now so the fact that you can actually stand in a room stationary and see multiple perspectives of the sculpture i think is like really cool
0: (laughs) so you live in birmingham alabama and you also grew up there so you're definitively a southern artist this is of course a show at a gallery that is in the south here in savannah but you've also shown in europe you've shown in new york you've shown in other places that are in the north as well as in the South, most mm-hmm. recently um, the Atlanta Biennial, for example. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of curious how, as a Southern city, how the response to your work maybe differs or similar when you're having people look at your work as a Southern artist working in the South versus how people might look at it in the North.
4: Right. Well, I think that's a really, that's a huge question because there's a lot of things to address there. And I think. Yes, I am a Southern artist, and there's, you know, there's a lot to, like, putting a title on that, like, what makes a Southern artist, what makes Southern art, and since I've been out of graduate school and moved back to Birmingham, which was never, like, in the plan, but I'm very happy that I made that decision because it's been so good for so many reasons, it is interesting because people do want to attach that to, even if I have a show in New York, it's, oh, you live in Birmingham, oh, you're a Southern artist. It's like, I don't know, maybe there's, people just expect a certain thing maybe, I don't know. But I think that our time right now is so many people are moving to smaller cities for affordability reasons, and we're all in the same conversation no matter where we're located. And, you know, the great thing about the Southeast that my husband is also an artist, and we talk about this all the time, Is what's different I think in the southeast is that because each city maybe is limited in how many artists live there how many galleries there are that the whole southeast becomes one community of people Mm. and it's really great because some of our closest friends are like in Nashville or Knoxville or Chattanooga or you know they're I mean we're kind of all over the place and you know it's really it's great and they've either moved there for teaching jobs or they've moved there for family or they've moved there because you know it's affordable (laughs) but you know I truly believe you can make work anywhere that's in dialogue with the rest of the world I think probably the most difficult part is just you know getting the work out into the world or you know people don't necessarily travel to your city and so you know that that part makes it a little harder
0: well and I would go further to say I think that there is also just an interest in the southeast right now in southern artists like even though I think you're absolutely right that there isn't that that label is attached, but doesn't really necessarily mean that the art is whatever Southern means. Exactly, exactly. But there is a sort of like, well, artists from the southeast, from the south, haven't been like discovered yet in, to right.
4: a, extent, in <laughs> right. a weird way. Right, right. No, I think you're right. Yeah.
0: So you were a 2018 John Simon Guggenheim Memorial Foundation Fellow. So talk a little bit about that.
4: That was an amazing day (laughs) when I uh, got the email. I was actually really blown away. Um, And it really, we were just talking about making art in the South and being visible where you live in smaller towns. And I just was so, I was just blown away that the the foundation wanted to support my practice in that way. And it just made me incredibly proud. And also, you know, really feel like I had to, you know get out there and make the absolute best work that I could make and I mean even though that I I try to do that all the time but to have you know the support of that foundation was just like it was amazing.
0: Very cool. Well the exhibition Echo is on view at Laney Contemporary at 1810 Millsby Lane Boulevard January 16th through March 21st. Amy Pleasant thank you so much for being on Art on the Air Field Notes today.
4: Thank you so much.
0: That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at wruu.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU Station Archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week where we'll have another batch of art on the air.